Hi folks, hey gang, welcome to another episode, iteration, variation of Scatterbrain. My name's Adam Jacobs and I'm dealing with lots of things in life at the moment, including a dog that broke its leg. Yeah, now that's there, let's just throw that in the mix. Okay, sure, I'm in the midlife, 45, 45. People don't think that when they look at me. They go, no, no, Adam, you're not 45. You're peculiar. Guess what they think? They look at my sideburns and they think that I'm, they think that I'm a mid-age, mid-life crisis. That's what the sideburns are, aren't they? It's a midlife crisis. They, and then, but then they look at the rest of me and they go, he's, hasn't, He's like, a, he's like a vampire. Get some sun, Adam. Get some sun. That's what they're like. I'm assuming, I don't know, I haven't actually spoken to anyone about that particular subject, so I could be, I could be very wrong. So anyway, yeah, dog broke, broke a lovely greyhound. Oh, we love him so much. Scoob's a doobs, we call him Scooby. Broke his flopping leg, didn't he? It was more the ankle, actually. And the anatomy of a greyhound's leg is pretty uh, amazing, given that there's just uh, uh, allowance for so much force. So much, so much force. Because they're very fast. I don't know if you know that, but this is a first factoid for uh, today's podcast. Greyhound's the second fastest animal on the planet. So if a greyhound and a cheetah were racing each other, the cheetah would win basically. But then the greyhound would come second and every other animal would become third. Well, I don't know what the third fastest animal is, but the third fastest animal would come third. Yeah. Anyway, I was out in the backyard and did something crazy, chasing possums. Bloody possums. Chasing the bloody possums and did something to his ankle and we had to go into the emergency animal Emergency animal, animal emergency hospital? Hospital for emergency animals. He is definitely an emergency animal. He's not. We actually thought long and hard about getting, and maybe this is the first piece of advice I should give you for today, because we had to choose a family pet. We had the ambition long ago to have a baby. So we knew, well, if we're going to get a dog, because we love dogs. Oh, there's, you know, especially our Scoops. He's very tender spirit and very affectionate and he's very sociable he loves other people and he loves sniffing bums sometimes he'll sniff the other he'll sniff the bums of other dogs <laughs> no boom it's just silliness no sometimes he he will get a little bit uh, flighty but only because other dogs is just nasty some of them are a bit grumpy some are, dogs are grumpy Anyway, he's beautiful. Everyone loves him. He loves the cuddles. Oh my gosh, he loves the cuddles. Ah, scary those are the cuddles. And we thought long and hard about what sort of breed we would get, and we also wanted to rescue some, some kind of animal. Well, not just any animal. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of animals out there that need rescuing, like the uh, forty spotted partilope. The 40-spotted partilope needs rescuing. 
Now, the 40 stops spot of the Pardalope, as far as I understand, is a bird. I think it's a bird. And there's only like 40 breeding couples, pairs, adults, however you want to describe it, in the world. And they live in Tasmania. Now, they need rescuing, but that's a different kind of rescuing. That's rescuing from extinction, whereas greyhounds don't have that problem. They have the rescuing from their, well, from the industry, as they say. We're talking about the racing industry. So it's addressed a lot of our criteria because we never really looked at greyhounds and then because we were interested in other other breeds. Mind you, Simone always had a fancy for the gun dogs, sight hounds. So that's what, that's what a greyhound is, essentially. It's a sight hound. They don't retrieve, though. Funny, you throw a tennis ball for a greyhound, they'll go for a bit of a run because they think, OK, we're running now, and then they won't bring it back. Hey, just go and run it, and then when the tennis ball stops, it'll stop and look at the tennis ball and say, "Hey, tennis ball, I thought we were having a bit of a having a bit of a run here, mate. What's going What's going on? You gave up pretty quickly. I mean, I can't run for all that for a very long time, but that's not. I can do better than that, tennis ball." That was funny, they're not retrievers. Greyhounds are not retrievers. So we looked very closely at the breed and thought to ourselves, will it be suitable as a family pet? And they are. That seems strange because you think, oh, little, like, can you have a cat and a greyhound? Can you have other little dogs and a greyhound? Can you have a fluffy chicken and a greyhound? Can you have little kitties running around and a greyhound? Like, anything that approximates bait. Probably not a good idea to have in the same environment where the greyhound is living. And all that sort of makes a lot of sense. It's very logical, and I understand it. However, it's not altogether true. If you think about it for a moment, the greyhounds that are most likely to be rescue greyhounds are the ones that probably didn't perform very well on the track, just like our little scoops. So they're probably really not that interested in chasing things and and haven't responded really well to the to tr- chasing or training, learning how to chase bait and all this sort of you know. So. And in that way, what they do, because we got ours through an organisation called GAP, Greyhound Adoption P. What's the P stand for? Greyhound Adoption Process? GAP. Mm. Program! (laughs) Yeah, I remember. I knew I would. Greyhound Adoption Program. They retrain and then test the dogs in all sorts of environments and that includes with little kitties and with cats and with other little dogs yes so you can when you go and have a look you think oh I like a greyhound you can go onto their website and you can view all the profiles of the different dogs and it has a little has indicate indicators 
that tell you, yes, this dog is safe with children. This dog is safe with cats. This dog is safe with other little dogs. This dog likes company. This blah, 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 blah. Now, with that said, one thing with greyhounds is that once they've got their bed and their little space where they rest and they can do their roaching, which is another thing. Oh, so much to talk about. Whew. Once they're in their bed and they know that space is being their rest area, then it's not a good idea to approach them. They love cuddles and scratches behind the ear and all the usual things when they're not in their little space. But if they're pretty much appear to be asleep, and remember they kind of do a weird, they do a weird thing where their eyes are half open when they sleep sometimes. It's a bit weird. It's a bit creepy actually. It's a good thing I watch uh, scary movies on Netflix and then every now and then I look at him and he'll be like, ah, it's giving me a scary eye. And I'm like, ah! And then he's like, ah! And I'm like, ah! Oh, it just enhances the experience is my point. What did you watch? Cujo. Remember that one? Oh, that's a flashback, isn't it? Oh, Cujo, the giant... What was he? Some sort of St. Bernard who got rabies. Hmm. Didn't translate well in Australian audiences, I don't think, because we don't have rabies here. We don't! Just by way of an update, I am driving through traffic. It's uh, morning. I'm on my way to the old job, which is the teaching. That's what I do. Uh, as long as... As well as other things, I earn a bit of money telling jokes, you know how it is. And uh, it's 7.38 in the morning, I'm in Melbourne. Hey, Melbourne. So anyway, doggo, uh, don't, don't approach greyhounds if they're in their beds. And they do roach, and I think it's roaching. What they, what they do is they lay themselves on their backs and they stretch their legs out and they look like they've just they look like one of those deer. You know those deer? Or is it goats? I think it might be goats. That when they're surprised, they're really startled, they're scared. Their legs will go stiff and they'll flip over onto their backs and they'll play dead. But it's not dead as in floppy dead. It's like dead as in uh, a week on the side of the road, roadkill style with the with all the gases inside the digestive system all expanding and like the third phase of rigor mortis or something happening. You know, it's all that sort of fake death. That's funny, isn't it? Whenever you see anyone play dead, they never do that. But goats do. I think there's a... Reptiles do it too. They, they go stiff and play dead. But play dead... What's the word when someone's been dead for a long time? I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. It's not like they've just, just died. Ugh, this is getting weird now, this conversation. But anyway, that's what they'll do. They'll lie on their backs and they stretch their legs out. Back legs, front legs, stretch them as far out as they can. And where a greyhound fully stretched is longer, taller, however you want to look at it, than six foot. So it takes up a lot of space. He's got his own couch. Yes. His own couch for himself, where he can do his roach. This is the roaching couch. And at first, because, because they're so lazy, they have to stretch and work their muscles even when they're asleep. And they do it 
subconsciously. They do this weird spasming and it gets the blood moving through all their muscles and it excites their circulatory systems. Oh, I like that one. That's a good word. It does, and then they, you know, then they relax again and they go back to being all curled up like a snake because they curl themselves right up and they go from being six foot stiff stick of dog stick of dog to a little curled up snake you put him in your pocket you could you could put him no you couldn't it'd be a big pocket put him in your backpack so they've uh, they're very curious animals very curious but we got one that was safe with children, but not necessarily babies. Then, well, that's the thing. They don't say any dog is safe with babies. Any dog. That's right. Because, look, at the end of the day, a baby is a unique creature that not even humans, grown humans, understand properly. We just fumble through trying to interpret some very ambiguous cues that mostly are associated with screaming. So when a dog, dogs are even more inclined to be confused and not always in the most understanding manner. And if they do feel, I don't know, frightened or threatened or You don't really know how they might react because they are, at the end of the day, still very urge-driven. They still have all that programming, the thousands of years of evolution has programmed them to be very instinctual. Mm. So anyway, keep that in mind. But our little Scoobs, yes, he was safe, tested around children. It's like, he loves the kitties. They come up and say, can I pet your dog? And he's taller than them. It's Dave out here. They get their little hands, they give you a little stroke, and he goes, oh. And then he sticks his nose in their face, and they get a big wet nose right on the cheek. I said, he'll give you kisses, he will. And he does. He gives him kisses. Of course, we are in Victoria, so it's not necessary for the greyhounds to wear muzzles. And it's never necessary for a greyhound to wear a muzzle. It's the same as any dog wearing a muzzle. They're all just as susceptible, just as likely, just as inclined to do attack or chase or bite. You know, that's what a dog does. In New South Wales, which is a state just north of us here, for those of you who are international listeners, which I'm assuming there's a significant number. You have to think they have to wear a muzzle still when they're out and about. Mind you, he spent a week in Newcastle, which is just north of Sydney, and he didn't wear a muzzle the whole time he was there. I shouldn't say that publicly. I might send, might send me a fine, but hey, operating expense. The law might have changed since then. It's changing all the time. It is. The laws change all the time. That's that's why they're laws. So they can change. So they can be broken. Yeah. And I'm not one of those dudes. I play a pretty straight bat. Or 
horizontally or vertically, depending if it's baseball or cricket. Hey, I think I just more I think I just did it sideways on one of the one of the sayings. Come up with a new one. Well, a trans a translatable transposable one. Gosh, it's just so much nonsense in this episode. Anyway, we needed a family dog and we wanted one that we could rescue and obviously greyhounds desperate need a rescuing. There's hundreds, thousands of them, to be honest, that are rejected by the racing industry every year. So if you can reach out and give a dog a home, hey, think of the old greyhound. Beautifully, beautiful, affectionate animal. And they do attract, look, hey, if you don't mind getting a bit of attention coming your way because of your dog, Greyhound is a really good option because people like, they're elegant. They're elegant and they're, and they're fast. They look like, oh, he's fast, ah, he's gonna go really fast. Ah, and then you go, yeah, he's fast, mate, he's fast. People like that. The ladies like it because they're like, oh, he looks so, they look so elegant and regal because they've got the very big long necks, you see. And all the fellas are like, oh, he looks fast. And you go, yeah, mate, he's fast, mate, he's fast. So, anyway, it works for everyone. That does. But as it is, we do keep a very close eye on him whenever he's around bubs. It's very important. Not that he is. He has, uh, he spends 22 hours, 22 hours a day on his bed that's that's average for a greyhound 22 hours they sleep for they're active for about two hours a day but when he's active he loves it oh he loves it loves his walks he goes out and he sniffs everything loves them and then he goes out and does big poos and so you've got to have the bags with you don't leave the poos lying around. So, he's... So, yeah, we're, they're, very, they're, they're a good animal to have. And we researched very carefully about what sort of animal we would need. And that was our choice in the end. And I strongly recommend that you look into it too, especially if you do have a little family and you're looking to have extended by one they are very lazy. They'll, they will sleep for a long time during the day and they only need to go for like a 20 minute, 15 minute stroll around the around the block. That's all they need, 20 minutes walking in there. People don't realize, they think because greyhounds race that they're very active and they need a lot of working, a lot of exercising. It's not true. Greyhounds are very, very lazy that is the nature of the breed and it's actually is logical when you think about what it is they actually do when they race they are extremely active for a very short period of time and that is what they've been conditioned to do that's what the breed has been conditioned to do for hundreds of years since they became well domesticated so that is now 
literally all the breed is capable of doing. You know, a bunch of exercise for a very short period of time. In the domestic setting, it means just walking like you would walk any dog uh, for about 20 minutes and they're done. That's it. I've had enough. They'll say, I've had enough. I've done my nifts and I've had a poo. Thank you very much. Take me home. Hey, there you go. So I was thinking about all this last night as I was... uh, nursing bubs into slumber and I was thinking oh doggo doesn't probably, probably doesn't like the hearing bubs screaming and yelling and all that and that's another thing they say this is pretty interesting is that the actual scream of a baby because babies at certain in certain part of the spectrum the sound spectrum all babies have the sort of same frequency operating and it triggers something in the parent. And we have hormones and stuff happen. Especially with the mums and their boobs start leaking. Sorry, breasts. It's not, that's not, it's got to be appropriate. The breasts start leaking. It's like, it's, it's amazing. And also, I sort of all babies kind of sound the same. They do. Even like if it's babies from China or uh, Germany or Australia or America. It's all the same. It is. But that frequency can mess with some dogs. Some dogs will hear that and go, what's that noise? And that can be a trigger for some inappropriate responses, so to speak. So I thought to myself, oh, Doggo probably doesn't like to hear all this in the middle of the night. He's... Because he's sort of, you know, he's in the house. He'd be able to hear it. So last night, tried the old dummy, didn't I? The old pacifier. I thought, well, I'll get that out. Because Bubs is only five weeks old. Five weeks old. Ah! Let's try the pacifier, I thought to myself. Because we don't have a, I don't have a position on it in terms of what I think is appropriate for a baby or whether we should or shouldn't. I just thought, oh, she'll, when she wants one, she'll ask. And she has been. Oh, you think that sounds funny, don't you? You think um, a five-week-old baby, Adam, is not going to be asking for bloody anything, mate. It's going to just be screaming, and then you'll have to make some bizarre guess as to what the baby actually wants. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. No, but what she did do is, in her own way, she did ask because we started giving her the bottle or the breast, and she has mostly breast milk. And then she'd start crying half, just as she would latch on, she'd start crying. She'd be like, I don't want, I don't want milk. I just want to do a little suckle. Just want a little suck suck. But I don't, I don't want the milk. And that's what she was just sort of spinning it up again. She was saying, no, it's too much with the, Milk, can I just have a little sucky suck? So she just started doing this last couple of days. So I thought last night, hey, how about a go with the pacifier? And what do you know? What do you know? She loved it. She was having a little suck suck and then her eyes closed. And she'd have another little involuntary 
Suck, suck, just as she was going off into the land of Nod. Suck, suck. Dreaming of playing Froggy on her dad's lap. We play Froggy. Because uh, he still looks like a frog. You ever notice that? Why they curl themselves up on pillows and things? And I put them on, put them on my chest and she curls up like a little frog. But now she's after, she's after a bit of entertainment, which is fair enough. So we play Froggy and I put her down in the crouch crouching position and then I throw her up in the air and I go froggy I don't actually let go of her I'm not throwing the baby across the room I don't have to worry about that I just I elevate Uh, she's going to have to learn these kind of words because she's probably going to be a ballerina I reckon she will be a ballerina because I've got uh, I've got the elegance about me you see I do yeah I'm tallish, not really, and I've got the I've got the I've got the slender legs. I've got a bit of a dad tummy at the moment. Got a bit of a dad bod happening because we've been in the bunker with Bubs being so young and all that. You know, we've been at home trying to sustain ourselves with whatever's at hand, which includes donuts for some reason. I don't know why donuts were at hand. Hmm. Suppose when it comes to convenience foods, donuts are kind of everywhere. Though you can't go to KFC and get a donut. Oh well, I'll have to reassess my attitude towards donuts and their accessibility. And I think that's the take-home message for today. Next time you have a donut, just think to yourself, wow, how did this happen? How did this donut happen? I'm Adam Jacobs, and this has been one of the longer of the podcasts, but I think it was really important, this chat we've had about family pet making a sensible choice. And also, you know, hey, if Bubs wants a dummy, give it to her. Bloody give it to her. Okay, bye.